Hey everybody, what's going on? Steve here. Uh, as always, just saying what's up before the episode. I hope everybody is staying uh, safe, healthy, both physically and mentally. Uh, I hope that we're enjoying the time that we are in with the time that we have with the people that are in our life. Uh, I know everybody uh, has, you know, high days, low days, uh, high tides, low tides. And the low tides definitely suck because you really miss those high tides. Uh, but we just ride those waves and we get through it the best we can. Uh, and I love you all for coming on this continuous journey with me. Uh, week after week, joining me and uh, my friends or professionals as we just talk about movies. Uh, speaking of movies, what have I been watching? House on Haunted Hill, Big Trouble in Little China, Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, Broken Arrow, Three Ninjas, uh, writing, uh, I'm watching movies while I'm writing. Uh, I'm not watching, I'm listening to movies while I'm writing. I'm trying to continuously writing. That's part of my New Year's resolution is to try and write on a daily basis. I'm trying to write a page on a daily basis, uh, but sometimes, you know, it's a couple sentences, but I think that something is better than nothing. And it's as long as it's a thought that can spring to another continuous thought, you're going somewhere, right? And with that, I hope everybody's New Year's resolutions or whatever you're trying to stick to is going well. Uh, this week on the show, uh, we bring my buddy back, Mondo Vega. Uh, we talk about movies that we walked into with no expectation or movies that we thought were going to absolutely suck, and we ended up absolutely loving. It was a fun one uh, for me. I know it was a fun one for him. And me and him are in the talks right now uh, to get another guest together for another for another fun ranking episode and and i got a couple more ranking episodes uh lined up but i i'm just letting you kids know at some point that ranking format's gonna change and, and i'm gonna throw a little twist at you uh but like i said i got another two or three ranking episodes recorded and ready to go uh but uh we're gonna get into it hit me up at tlpyw hit me up at the last podcast you want let me know what you're watching what you're doing to keep busy uh, you know, cause we got to stay, you got to stay sane, got to stay healthy, uh, best we can. And, uh, I love you all for coming on this continuous journey and I'm just kind of starting to ramble now. So I'm really going to get on into it. We're going to get into the top five in the box office. The movie's coming out on Friday and then, uh, the ranking episode with Mr. Mondo Vega, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 112 of the last podcast you'd want tip the veal, try the staff, enjoy the episode. Coming in at number five at the box office this week, we have Fatal with $470,000. Monster Hunter comes in at number four with $930,000. News of the World is number three with $998,000. The Crudes A New Age stays in second place at $2 million, and The Marksman takes down Wonder Woman 1984 with $3.1 million. And coming out to the theaters this week, we have No Man's Land, Our Friend, and Breaking Fast. Those are the top five films in the box office and the movies coming out this week. And now, on to the episode.
Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another episode of The Last Podcast You'd Want. Steve here with a great, fun, ranking episode. The full title, which was created and inspired by today's guest, 10 movies that you walked into thinking were going to suck and or walked into with no expectation and completely ended up loving. And the person that thought of it today is the returning guest of Mr. Mondo Vega. Mondo, what's going on? Hey, that's me. That is you. Welcome back to the show. Oh, great. Great to be on. I, you know, in our last conversation, you told me, you know, how, how you have rankings. And I am all about top 10 lists and rankings. So I knew I had to be, I had to get in on this somehow, some way. So I've been thinking up of different categories ever since our first interview and here we go, the first one. So I'm, I am stoked and looking forward to this. Absolutely. Uh, and, and with that, uh, we will jump right into it uh, with, with number 10. We got, we got 10 of them. I think it's some good ones. Uh, I, I can say right now, I don't want to give too much, uh, but I've seen a little bit of your list. I know, I know we're going to match a little bit, but I'm excited to see, to see what we got going. What's your number 10, Mr. Vega? Number 10 for me is the horror film. I'm, I think what was it, 2011, 2012, Insidious. The first film of the Insidious film franchise. Now, you know, horror films, you know, in the 2000s to 2010s, they're kind of, you know, they would drill about them. Maybe they're not as scary as some people like them to be as they were in the 80s and 90s. But, um, again, like we're going to say this a lot. Like I went into this not expecting much, not having heard much about it. But I came out just really, really appreciating the story. Uh, I became a fan of James Wan because of this film. And, you know, really great acting. Uh, the demon, the, the main villain, this thing just, you know, burns in your head. You know, the, you know, the playing of the Tiny Tim song, you know, all these things just really, you know, like, you know, sticks with you. And for that reason, I, you know, this movie just really caught me off guard about how much I enjoyed it. You know, the sequels have been kind of hit and miss, you know, but, uh, yeah, that first one, especially the ending, too, that surprise ending, um, you know, really hooked me in. So definitely Insidious for my first entry. Absolutely. Insidious, I want to say there's, what, two sequels? Uh, three, I think. Yeah, they three had a fourth sequels. one. Oh, since, since we have last spoken, you're talking about James Wan. Since, since we have last spoken, I have uh, – watched all of the films in the Conjuring series with the exception of The Curse of La Llorona because it is fourteen ninety nine to rent and I will not pay that much for it. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, and my, my wife has yet to see uh, Annabelle Comes Home, but I have seen all the other ones. And I have looked into the upcoming third Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, and I'm oh, yeah. very, I'm very excited no, I'm her. really, yeah, yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to that one, too. So, Insidious is a good one. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I watched it once. I thought it was kind of silly. The creepiest thing for me was the demon, but in respect, he kind of reminded me of Darth Maul. No, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Insidious is, is, is a fun one. Uh, it's definitely uh, a genre film that sprang an entire series. Uh, but with that, we get to my number 10. It's a film uh, that was introduced to me when I was 15 or 16 years old. And the first time I watched it, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of it because I didn't completely understand it. Uh, but upon watching it when I was older, 
Uh, I've grown to love it, and that is Kevin Smith chasing Amy. Oh, wow. Yes, yes. Uh, once again, saw this when I was 15 or 16 years old. So the, the, the topics that they, they handle with, uh, with, with, you know, homosexual relations uh, was, was not heavy for me, but it's something that I couldn't fully grasp with the humor and the topical things that were happening. Uh, and it was my first actual introduction to Kevin Smith. It was the first Kevin Smith I ever, uh, film I ever saw. Uh, I, I think I think I'm in the same boat because I, I had heard of Clerks and Mallrats, but I hadn't watched them. But Chasing Amy was his first film that I watched and sat through, and it made me want to watch the other two immediately, which is what I did. It, well, it, it 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 intrigued me to what the other films were about because I heard you know how funny Clerks and Mallrats was, and and yes, Chasing Amy uh, is is it, when you are old enough and mature enough to to fully understand it, it is a hilarious film. Uh, but for a child, for a child, because because at sixteen, you know, fifteen, sixteen, I will still call myself a child. For a child's yeah. mind, uh, it's it's not exactly a full a full grasp mind grasper. Exactly. Uh, but I, I absolutely loved it. Uh, it's it's a film <clears throat> that I can put on. Uh, it's not a film I could watch every day, but it's a film I could watch once a month easily. Uh, and it's got a great cast to it with uh, with some great thoughts and. Uh, and ideas that that the world should definitely be fucking living with today, but here we are writing for the world being a shit place. But <laughs> oh boy, yeah, it, it kind of coincides with my my favorite scene in that film, uh, the opening sequence at the comic convention with Hooper X and their little uh, stage performance there. That just you know that hooked me in. That was hilarious to me. What's a Nubian bitch? I was <laughs> <laughs> I was pissed myself laughing. I fucking love that opening scene. Um, I, I, I have had friends that I can just quote that to. Uh, and it's, 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 and I'm not talking like white friends. I'm talking black friends that absolutely <laughs> love that movie that I can look at them and go, what's a Nubian? And they will oh, look yeah. at me and just be like, shut the fuck up. Um, and Jedi, the most insulting. See, I can just go right into it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, J- uh, Jason Lee is, I love Jason Lee. I, I fell in love with him with Mall Rats. I think he's amazing. Yeah. Uh, just the, the whole cast, the whole cast is amazing. Uh, and it's, it's, uh, it's a great one. And it's definitely, you know, up there for Kevin Smith for me. Not, not one of my favorites, but it's, it's above dogma, which is my least favorite. Uh, but that, mm. that <laughs> there's too much, there's too much talking in dogma. And, and I can say like, like I, I'll put, I'll put Jersey girl below that. But when I say Dogma is my least favorite, I'm talking like of the View Askew universe films. Yeah. Like of all of them, like Dogma is my least favorite, and Chasing Amy is, you know, a little bit more above that. Uh, but that that is my my number ten film, which does lead us to uh, to your number nine, good sir. Number nine will be Scott Pilgrim versus is it the world or the universe? I, I know it's, it's a different world. title from the comic book. It's the world. Okay, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. I hadn't heard. Uh, I, I I knew there was a comic, but I hadn't read it or heard anybody say anything about it. Um, I think my friends and I just kind of just randomly went to go see it on a whim. As you know, it didn't fare well in the box office, so I, nobody I knew saw it or you know had anything to say about it. And when we and we went to the theater probably like a month or so after it came out, and we were in the theater and it was pretty empty. But boy, and even um, my friend, she's like, 
oh yeah, it's this movie about this kid who thinks he's living in a video game, and <laughs> we're kind of like, oh no, that's just how the movie actually plays out. Like he's actually fighting people in the air and you know kicking people into you know into dust and this and that. But just you know the with smart humor, just everything about that movie, like it just not stops scene after scene, and. You look at the cast back then, and you know who they who they became eventually. Like you know, it's a star-studded cast, and you didn't know it back in 2010 or 2009, whenever it came out. For sure, you have both Captain America and Captain Marvel. Captain America, Captain Marvel. You had the Punisher in there. You had sure, um, sure. the Shadow Tom King. King. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Shadow King. Um, yeah, you had a bunch of superheroes. Yeah, super yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you had a ton of them. Uh, Edgar Wright. I absolutely. Love this movie. Saw it in the theater. Uh, I I loved it. I was completely thrown off. Oh, excuse me, bubbles. I was completely thrown off by the first boyfriend. How it was kind of a musical, uh, yeah. um, uh, Bollywood production. Uh, it threw me off a little, uh, but I love it. The the cast brings it around, um, and there are just so many great things uh, about that film. Uh, it's completely uh, a quotable film. Uh, not to mention, it has an amazing soundtrack to it. Uh, oh, the indeed. Video, the video game uh, aspect where it starts with the 32-bit music is yeah. a great throwback to nostalgia. Uh, and then uh, just the music that, that Sex Bomb plays in its own right. Uh, yes. The scene when they go up against the, uh, the twins uh, is probably one of my favorite battles of the entire like movie. Now, you were talking about the, the first fight scene, the, you know, the Bollywood type thing, and the Kendrick's reaction to the song and dance starting. It's pretty much everyone's reaction to seeing that. Like, what? Like, like, <laughs> like it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. And that locked me in. That movie yeah. was so funny. Like, there was a group of friends sitting in front of us, and one girl was just, like, literally jumping up and down for joy so much watching the movie. Like, her seat broke. Yeah. That, that's... <laughs> That's how that's how many people you know once they watch it they're like wow this movie is fucking brilliant and amazing and yeah, it opened yeah. me up to Edgar Wright as well and um, I forgot to mention him you know in our last conversation about my favorite director Edgar Wright definitely in that category as well sure oh yeah Edgar yeah. he yeah. he's done he, everything he does is absolutely amazing uh, I I love that they they still kept elements. Of you and you can tell by watching it. You, they kept elements of the script that he had written for Ant Man for Marvel. Oh yeah, because, definitely. Be, because there are definite scenes that you can watch with Michael Pena with things that he's doing where you're just like, oh, that's that's Edgar Wright. Like that that is straight Edgar Wright writing. Um, but everything he does is great. I absolutely love Baby uh, Driver. Uh, I really oh, Baby Driver is great. I really have to like if I if if I had to do like a just top picking of all the Edgar Wright films, like that'd be a tough decision. Yeah. I can tell you that right now, just because everything he does, there's nothing that he's done that I haven't seen in the theaters multiple times. Everything exactly. that he's done, I've seen multiple times. So no, Scott Pilgrim versus the world uh, is, is a great one. I love it. I mean, I just fucking waxed intellectually about it, not giving <laughs> you a real break, but. Um, <laughs> no, and it's one of those movies. Every time it's on television, I I I can't leave. I got to watch it all the way through. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's so great. It's so entertaining. I and the, just the the cast alone. I mean, folks, if you haven't seen Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, just go look at the cast. We've already mentioned a ton of names. We didn't even mention Jason Schwartzman. We didn't even mention 
Oh, God, you barely mentioned Anna Kendrick. We didn't even mention Kieran Culkin. Like, there are just so yeah. many. Allison Pill. I can just, there are more names that, that just, yeah. you know, Bobby keep, keep. Plaza. I mean, just, wow. Yeah, fuck, fuck. I, and this is just, yeah, names of people before they before we knew them as, as who they are today. Like, it's it's absolutely amazing. That's a great number nine choice. With that, though, we'll come over to mine. Uh, and this is a movie that, it's the first movie I ever walked out of in the theater, but I walked, <laughs> I, but I walked out of it in the theater because my girlfriend at the time was ready to go. Ah. She, 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 she was not enjoying the movie, and I was letting hormones dictate uh, more than my actual thought was willing to dictate, and that movie is Joe Dirt. Uh. <laughs> oh, man. It's a great funny movie. Um, I've, I haven't taken the time to see the sequel, but I really, I really, sequel? they did make a sequel. It was, it was DOV direct, direct to video. Or oh DT, boy. DTV. Yeah. It was direct to video uh, for the sequel. David Spade came back as Joe Durte. Um, uh, but no, Joe Dirt. Uh, great. Once again, it's a movie with, with a big, with a big cast, you know, with a ton of people, uh, coming through it, and it's it's a film that didn't do well in the theaters, uh, and then people came around to uh, afterwards, uh, and and it's 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 a funny film, Joe Dirt. <laughs> I would I wouldn't have guessed, and I, <laughs> I haven't I haven't watched that one all the way through. So okay, okay, it's yeah, it's it's a real it's a real film. I mean, you either you either love it or you don't, uh, and I think I think it's funny. It's one of those films that I I kind of walked in. Uh, you know, not really knowing what to expect. I was enjoying it. And, the, you know, the second time I caught it around, uh, I, I thought it was funny. So, you know, for me, my number nine, Joe Dirt. And that is pretty memorable because, I mean, that movie did get you late. So, you know. It did. It, it, it did. <laughs> if only if only for the fact that my girlfriend at the time thought it was so horrible. <laughs> uh, but, but with that, we do we do come to you. I, we're, I'm looking at my list and I'm excited because for me the film the films are just getting better and better. Uh, okay. So so for for me we got or for you we come to number eight. Number eight is Raising Arizona. Okay. Um, it's funny because I I hadn't watched it because it came out in I believe '87, and um, I was you know I was a you know young kid at the time. My parents loved that movie. And they watched it. They rented the videotape, and it'd be playing in my house. But I kind of paid no mind to it because you know it wasn't a cartoon. It wasn't a, you know, at least I didn't know it was a comedy at the time. And I would remember being on. I remember certain scenes, but you know, I just like, eh, you know. It wasn't until years later when I rewatched it, you know, you know, mid to late teens, that I was like, wow, this is actually brilliant. Like this is, so, and, and such an original movie too like it just it comes out of nowhere really like and sure. I, I don't know if how early in the coen brothers career that was but you know that was just a sign of things that come from them and you know early nick cage holly hunter i mean man they just knocked out the park and that movie it's, to this day it just stands out in its oddness and uniqueness like there, there's no other movie like it quite frankly sure sure um what i will say is before we started recording I told you there was one movie on your list that I have not seen, and it, it is Raising Arizona. 
Uh, I fully have it readily available on, uh, on, on my Vudu, and I do need to watch it because I am planning on doing uh, a top 10 Nick Cage, and I really, ah. I, I really feel like uh, that would be a strong contender. Um, I would think so. I just watched, I just watched Talking to Nick Cage. I just watched a movie called Mom and Dad. Have you heard about that one? I believe so. It's him and Selma Blair, and it's a film that, that something happens in the world where parents want to kill their children. Not, oh, not, not, not their neighbor's children, not their best friend's children, just their children. And wow. it's, and and they have two children, and it's it's uh yeah it's on uh I want to say it's on Hulu, that's where I watched it. Real interesting, uh, real real interesting. It was a it was an interesting take. But Raising Arizona is a film that I definitely do want to watch. Uh, you know I know I know it's him. I know it's Holly Hunter. Uh, I know Tex Randall Cobb is in it. Yeah. Um, yes. I uh, I love. There's a band called uh, it's at Spinsol. It's either No More Kings or Kings No More, and they did a music video called Sweep the Leg, which is a a <laughs> song in tribute to the Karate Kid. But the opening of the movie is a tribute to uh, Raising Arizona, where Randall Tex Cobb is riding the motorcycle through the desert. But That's awesome. In, instead of Randall Cobb, it's Martin Cove. <laughs> who plays who, who plays the leader of Cobra Kai in Karate Kid? Um, oh my god, I gotta find that. I'll 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 send you I'll send you the link once we're done talking. I'll I'll text you over the link. But yeah, but Raising Arizona is is one that I definitely want to check out. I know it's a great cast, and I I've heard you know over the years uh, how great it is. So uh, that's that's a good one, and and hearing it on your list uh, just gives me more reason on why uh, on why I should go take the time to sit down. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, with that, though, we, we, we move along to, to my number eight. Uh, my number eight, some people would consider uh, to be one of the worst films uh, put <laughs> out by Marvel. You're going to get a lot of this, like like people that don't necessarily like these movies. Uh, but this, some people might consider this the worst uh, in, in the Daredevil series. Uh, maybe not, because they might consider the uh, Dolph Lundgren Punisher. Uh, either way, I walked into this movie... Uh, with the expectation of not really liking it, uh, and it's a film that I could watch at least once a week, uh, and that's Ben Affleck's Daredevil. Oh, I, I have no qualms with Ben Affleck's Daredevil whatsoever. I love it. It's 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 great. It's cheesy. It's campy. It's fun. It's got and once again, this goes back to a great cast. It's got a, a great fun cast: uh, Jennifer Gardner, Ben Affleck, Colin Farrell. Uh, uh, Michael Michael Clark Duncan. Hey, you know that's one of the first uh, exposures that I had to not wanting a certain person to play a character. And and this doesn't. And, and I'm going to say right now, this doesn't reflect on the fact that that uh, it partially reflects on that. The Kingpin is white and Michael Clark Duncan <laughs> is black. Yeah. Um, it's it's the fact that I knew that there were big bulky guys out there, in, in, in you know that sure. could be playing the part. And, yeah. and I, I just didn't see it. And then I went and saw it, and fucking Michael Clark Duncan blew it out of the fucking water. Yeah, he was excellent in that movie. And I, the, the funny thing is that it's still an argument in comic book movies today. I know a lot of people's beef with that movie was that it was too dark. Uh, 
I would, I mean, yeah, it's, it's dark, but I mean, the, the Daredevil comics were dark. Like, <laughs> like, like they're, 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 I, yeah, they're the people that, that are saying that are, are the people that complain about Tim Burton's Batman. Like, right. Exactly. <laughs> like look at the original product that came out. Like it wasn't a happy go lucky fucking comic. It took place in hell's kitchen. Like his father was murdered. Yep. You know, like it's a dark comic. No, I'm 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 all for it. I I I didn't think that it was too dark. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of Electra. I went and saw Electra in the theater. I don't know why, but I went and saw Electra <laughs> in the theater. Um, and my my buddy and I we had a good chuckle watching that one. Um, but uh, no, I I enjoyed Daredevil for for what it was and and what it brought to the table. No, I, yeah, I. Again, like I have no issue with that whatsoever. I have no issue with the casting. You know, I mean, they replicated Electra's death in the comics in the movie. I mean, what more do you need? Yeah, it was great. Um, uh, but that's my uh, that's my number eight. Uh, if you don't have anything that you'd like to add to more uh, to Daredevil, we can we can definitely move along to your number seven. I can say though, like I am kind of glad they didn't make that into a franchise. You know, so there's that. Sure. I mean, just a standalone movie. The the TV show, the Netflix series, is, has been spectacular. So, I mean, we'll, we'll take that. I love that. I do have to say I would have liked to have seen a sequel if only for the fact that they do give us a post-credit scene uh, of Colin Farrell still alive in a hospital oh, yeah. <laughs> in a full body cast. Um, I loved I love Bullseye. I think Bullseye is great. I would have loved to have seen Bullseye as a spinoff film. Like it's it's Colin Colin Farrell was amazing with it, uh, but no 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 I mean like a, a full franchise would have been silly, uh, but I did I did very much enjoy uh, the first film that they brought to us. Exactly. Uh, but with that we we do come uh, to your number seven. Number seven is the horror film Final Destination two. Why two? Because I didn't watch number one. Um, <laughs> No, um, again, like I said earlier, horror movies, horror franchises, the late 90s into the 2000s were kind of, were very much hit and miss. You know, they just, you know, couldn't replicate the iconic characters that were created in the 70s and the 80s. But um, I remember Final Destination 1 coming out. Again, I didn't know anyone who saw it, no one recommended it. I just kind of let it pass. And <clears throat> Final Destination 2 came on like, they made a part two. Who the fuck saw part one? Like, what? No. And um, hang out with my friends. Uh, we had nothing to do. Someone rented it or bought it, and we just decided to pop it in. And, you know, they're all relatively the same, mind you, but this one, for whatever reason, just really grabbed me more than the other one. Just, you know, the graphic, graphic, that like, you can't tell me to this day, if, you, if you've seen the movie to this day, you still get wary about driving behind a truck with logs in it. I won't do it. You won't do it. Exactly. I know, you won't no, do no, it. No, no. I'll see it a mile and a half away and I'll be like, changing lanes? <laughs> like, it's like, I, like <laughs> you, you always thought that as a kid, even as an adult, like, wow, no. But then when you actually see it played out in a, in a movie, it's like, okay, okay. yeah, no. Yeah, never going to happen. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a great one, though. Final Destination 2. Uh, had a friend that saw it either in the theater, uh, but introduced it to me, uh, you know, before it came, before the second one came out in the theater, uh, we went and saw the second one in the theater. Uh, I saw it, I saw it in its original theatrical release. Uh, 
Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, I thought they've all been um, super, super fun. Have you seen all of them? Uh, I, how many were there, six? Either five or six. Okay, I know I know. I watched three. I think I might have skipped four and five. Okay, I know me, I saw, I saw, I saw the very last one that came out. So did you ever see the first one? Yes, I did. I did eventually watch it. Okay. So what I loved, what I loved is is that they did, okay, so let's see here, Final Destination, and then let's look at all the years, because when you do that, it just brings up. So Final Destination was 2000, yep. Final Destination was 2 was uh, 2003, uh, let's see here. 2006 was uh, Final Destination 3. Uh, and then they had the Final Destination in 2009, and then Final Destination 5 in 2011. Oh, yeah. Okay, but it's only been 10 years since the last one. I know, and I'm really surprised. I think they might be trying to make a new one. Yeah, in development, Final Destination 6. <laughs> that's ridiculous <laughs> now now what now what i'm confused okay so let's see here five survivors of a okay 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 of a suspension bridge collapse when there's no way to escape death now is it is it the final destination that ends connecting to the first one or is it final destination five that ends connecting to the first one i think it was five that connected back to the first one the, okay, okay, yeah, so final... And I thought that was one of the most brilliant things ever. Oh, yeah, that's because that's what I was going to say, is is you're watching the whole film thinking it's another one, and then it ends with them getting on the plane, and you start seeing everyone, and oh, man, I remember being in the theater, and just my mind was blown away. I'm like, wait, what the fuck? This is like this is like the end of fucking Jeepers Creepers 3. Wait a minute, you're, yeah. telling, you're telling me that this, this connects to one that we've already watched. What? Yeah, I mean, the, the way the way they disguise, you know, the the technology or lack thereof, and they didn't make mention of what you know what year they were even in until oh, the very yeah. end. Like, oh wait a minute, like what? Like, yeah, that was spectacular. Oh, and that's and that's great. It's real great. I mean, because you watch it, and yeah, they they never really make mention of the year. They don't. Oh man, they don't make mention of Ed because the other ones will always somehow you know relate back to the to the originals. Or yeah. to the other ones that have happened. Oh no, I remember. Yeah, Final Destination Two. Getting back to that. Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. Never want to get behind uh, a, a fucking truck with the logs. Exactly. And, there you go. And 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 it's shit like uh, how the fuck did they not remove the pipe from the fucking seat? <laughs> like that chick that dies smoking, like smoking kills. And yep, yep, it does because she got her head driven through a fucking shattered pipe. Yeah, and then, and then the kid that got exploded by the pane of glass, like, like who thinks of that? It's so over the top and insane, like, man. We, we, huh. Like, as, as morbid as it sounds, with every death, we were just laughing our heads off with every one. Like, uh, unbelievable. Oh, yeah. So good. The, so good. The, be- the, best, the best one for me, and then we'll move on to the next film, is, uh, is, is the last death of the film where they're eating at the random family's house, and they're like, oh, yeah. You you saved our baby boy. Like, it's great. Yeah. They're like, we did what? And the fucking <laughs> arm just landing in front of, like, the mother. 
Like me and uh, my friend were just losing it in the theater. I remember just list, being in tears, laughing so hard. Oh yeah, yeah. So so yeah. To this day, like, I'll take Final Destination two over all the other ones, no matter what. Yeah, Final Destination two uh, is is a great one, uh, and yeah, it's probably the one that I would I would choose uh, over over all of them, uh, even going over uh, the the solid nudity in Final Destination three. <laughs> Because there's nudity in two, but they're they're obviously fake boobs. So I'm yeah. not I'm not a me me personally not a big fan of fake boobs. But <laughs> that's that's neither here nor there. We'll move on to my number seven. Uh, another movie uh, that I saw in the theater. Uh, this is a movie. So this is one of those movies uh, that I, I I walked into not ex- not really expecting anything, and I ended up loving it. <clears throat> I actually expected ending up to not liking it. Uh, I saw it for free because it was playing at the theater I worked at. Uh, I, I didn't write down the year, but I could tell you it stars Miles Teller and Jonah Hill, and it's War Dogs. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. I wanted to see that movie. I just haven't gotten around to it. Super good. I fucking hate Jonah Hill, and that movie is <laughs> super good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who I just like more, Jonah Hill or Josh Gad, but... Mm, that's tough. I, it really, it really is. Uh, but yeah, well, you say Jonah Hill's is a little more successful, so you got to give him that. I will say, and I will, I will say, uh, I've never actually really seen or sat through a Josh Gad film. Uh, and, there you go. And, <laughs> there you go. I have either. I've seen a bunch of Jonah Hill films. Uh, uh, <laughs> first, remember, first film I remember seeing him in. Uh, and I, I don't remember which it was first. I have to look at the years, but it's either Grandma's Boy or Accepted. I'm not sure which. I don't remember. <laughs> it's one of those two. Uh, but War Dogs showed that Jonah Hill, and, and, I, and I think he had already done Moneyball and maybe Wolf of Wall Street, but War Dog was a film that showed the dramatic and serious side of Jonah Hill, which actually kind of made me respect him a little bit more. Because anyone can be a goofy fat guy, but to be able to actually pull out a dramatic, serious side and make make people believe like you're a fucking cokehead and you'll fucking shoot them if you fuck if they fuck with you, and he does that in the movie. He makes you believe that. Uh, nice. And it's, it, yeah, it's fucking it, yeah. They're arms dealers is 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 what they are, and it's a it's a it's a great movie. I loved it. I expected to to you know kind of walk out shitting on Jonah Hill. And I walked out. I walked out loving it. I thought it was a really well done film. Don't you hate that? <laughs> I, <laughs> when you I really have do. to give someone, when you have to give someone their just due. Mm-hmm. But if I didn't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be putting it on my list uh, today. <laughs> uh, and that's that's my number seven. Uh, with that, we will move on to your number six. Number six. This is a movie we talked about a great deal in my first interview with you, Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Um, you know the trailer. It, it, and that's the beauty part of advertising the trailer. The trailer just shows you the basic horror formula, you know, a bunch of teens going to the woods, and, you know, that's all you expect from the movie. And for that reason, I didn't think to go rush to go see it. I didn't even see it with my normal group of friends that I typically go to see movies with. I went on a date and watched the movie, completely blew me away. I immediately called my friends. I think I went like a day or two later back to the movies to go watch it with them because I was that impressed. I'm like, you have to see this fucking movie. You won't believe what they did, how they turned the whole thing on its head. And 
you know, here we are, like nine years later, I believe, and I'm still yeah. talking about. It. I'm still, I'm still having to sell sell this movie on to people to let them understand, like, you know, just how brilliant this was. Oh yeah, and I'm not even gonna lie. Like, I've been scrolling. Like, it's on Hulu, and all the time, I'll, I'll be scrolling through and I'll see it, and I'll be like, I could watch Cabin in the Woods, I could do, <laughs> or or I could do or I could do two more episodes of Hell's Kitchen. I'm not gonna lie. I usually end up watching two more episodes of Hell's Kitchen because I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to cram my way through that series. Uh, but no, Cabin in the Woods is a great one uh, that you can always put on. Like, like you said, we talked to, we talked about it a lot on the last episode, and it's it's a it's a fun film that a, a lot a lot of people weren't able to catch in the theater because it was so fast and it was it was a, an underrated film, uh, but it was it was a complete success. And it's a, it's a, it's a film that that I absolutely love. Absolutely, and again, like this is my first taste of Drew Goddard, and I just watched uh, Bad Time at the El Royale, and wow, you know that was a real interesting film. Yeah, really, really good. Like he, he has a definite style that I appreciate and enjoy, and anything that he pops up with now, I'm I'm there for it. And I'll start it here with Cabin in the Woods. There you go. There you go. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, that's a solid, solid number six. Uh, with my number six uh, is a film that came out in, in the mid-90s. Uh, I expected not particularly to care for it, mainly because it was based off of a TV show that my father watched, and I never really cared for the TV show. And that is a film that has put out Oh God! I think seven or eight movies, and I think they're working on the ninth one in space right now. That's Mission Impossible. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, the original. <laughs> <laughs> the Tom Cruise one, or what? Yeah, I don't even know how many movies there are. Tom, Tom Cruise has been in every single one of them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, Okay, let's let's do this dive real quick. Mission Impossible. And let's see how many of these they've made. See, the funny thing is, is they never really put them in order. So the first Mission Impossible was made in 1996. And they stopped putting numbers on them, too. Uh, well, they, they, they started to. So Mission Impossible 2 was 2000. Mission Impossible 3 was 2006. Um, let's see here. Uh, that's when they stopped putting numbers on them uh, because you have uh, Mission Impossible Protocol uh, or Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol 2011, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation 2015, and Mission Impossible Fallout, which was 2018. So that's six six movies uh, with them listing Mission Impossible 7 2021 and Mission Impossible 8, 2022. Lord. <laughs> yes, because Tom Cruise is crazy and wants to do all his own stunts and and all that crazy shit. All I can tell you, I I I, I ended up loving Mission Impossible. I think it's great. Uh, it's it's a solid cast. It's it's a movie. Uh, that right there, I won't I won't say. The, the the category that you just recommended for the one you know the one that you just recommended that's yeah. one that falls under there in that uh-huh. movie Emilio okay. Estevez <laughs> did not expect it uh, but either way um, great cast John Voight fuck John Voight but John Voight's in it 
Um, <laughs> uh, he plays. I, I'm able to separate the man from the actor, and I think that he's really great in Mission Impossible, and I think he's fucking entertaining in Anaconda in like the worst way possible. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but Tom Cruise, uh, Jeanne Renault, uh, I think that might have been the, okay. the introduction of Ving Rhames. I think Ving Rhames might have even been there at the beginning in, in one. If not, he definitely came in in two. Um, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, just such such a good cast. But but yeah, 1996, Mission Impossible is uh, is my number. What are we on? Number six. Six. Yeah. yeah. I um I saw that theater. My you know my dad watched the show when he was growing up, and uh, I got taken to go see it. And I know. A lot of diehard TV fans were mad at the movie because it's a heel turn at the end. And I don't know, like, because I'm not really particularly a big Tom Cruise fan, so I didn't really go out to watch any of the other movies. I know they kind of fell off after three and four. But, yeah, they're you know, they, they a little crazy. Yeah, but, you know, people have spoken so highly of the last two, and that's why we're getting two more, obviously, so... Yeah, I might have to, you know, one one of these days, maybe during another pandemic, sit down and uh, watch, <laughs> watch the other, watch, watch the other all ones. six of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta say, I gotta say, um, I think it's it's four that Simon Pegg comes in, and Simon Pegg is in all of them. So oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if there's <laughs> one reason to watch the 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 last three, it's it's 100% Simon Pegg. Like, I can't go wrong with Simon Pegg. Yeah, you, yeah, it's Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, hand in hand. Um, but that's that's my number six, Mission Impossible. Uh, we're reaching that halfway point, number five. What do you got for me? Let me see. Here we go. It's funny, <laughs> I say funny. My next three picks are all comedies, and starting with number five, Grandma's Boy. Oh, going back to Jonah Hill. Yep, yep. <laughs> Glad you caught that. Um, not the biggest Adam Sandler fan. I mean, you know, after like after Waterboy, you know, you know, kind of fell off a little bit. You know, everyone kind of panned little Mickey. Um, so I kind of fell off that which, bandwagon. Which, which, in its own right, is a super funny film. It is. It is actually. It is actually. To have to have Alan to have Alan what's his name, uh, uh, drowning Nikki going. Damn you, Kevin Spacey, for taking all of my acting parts. <laughs> so yeah, um, <laughs> shit, that's good. <laughs> so after that, you know, once we got into the year two thousand, like you know, I kind of you know distanced myself a bit from Adam Sandler films, and now you have all of his friends making movies. I'm like, eh, yes. And when Grandma's Boy came out, I didn't even know it was about video games. I, I just kind of dismissed it. I was like, oh, it's just Adam Sandler putting his buddies in a movie. No, nah, I'm not going to deal with it. But when it came out, um, I, think, I don't think I watched it when it started coming out on cable. Uh, my friend, he called me and told me that I have to watch the Dance Dance Revolution scene. <laughs> high score. What's high score? Did I break it? <laughs> So I, I finally caught it and I watched it and that scene absolutely destroyed me. So I just kept watching the movie all the way to the end and I watched it again from the beginning to see what I missed. 
kind of like, oh my god, this is a, this is a fucking jet. Like, how, like, why did I wait to watch this movie? Because it's so fucking hilarious. And it's got it's got a great line from Kevin Nash. I think they have a word for that. It's a hooker. <laughs> You're a hooker. Um, this film, Mondo, I could quote all day long. I do all not day. know. How, I do not know how many times. I have looked at someone in a locker room when they said, so I was hanging out with my girlfriend and before they can finish, I go, and my girlfriend, do you piece that, do you mean that piece of rabbit fur you masturbate with? <laughs> no, like, it, it, yeah. I, if I ever get a phone call and someone asks to speak to another friend, I'm like, hey, your phone's for you. I think it's the devil. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Dante. <laughs> um, yeah, he's one of my favorite characters in any movie. Where do you get your drugs <laughs> from? From you, Dante. <laughs> oh, what's up, Mister Cheezel? Oh uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. yeah, I, I, fucking love this movie. Uh, I have a friend that works in the video game industry, and it turns out that a lot of people that work in the video game industry do not like this movie. That's awesome. <laughs> that makes yeah. me love it even more. Yeah. Um, no, I fucking love the movie. Um, I actually at Comic-Con met the actor who plays JP. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, yeah, I met him. He was promoting some movie based off of a graphic novel with Wilder Valderamez about a Day of the Dead dude that comes back during Day of the Dead from the dead and, like, revenges, like, gets his revenge they made it into a full movie that ended up being, unfortunately, like, direct-to-video. Uh, but it, it was Wilder Valderamas. And the other guy, is his name is Joel. I don't remember his last name. I'm really good sometimes at first names. And um, I met him, and I remember just being like, oh, hey, weren't you in Dodgeball? Because he's the manager in Dodgeball. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. He, goes, he goes, yeah, 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 that was actually my first movie. And then just had a, a nice little two No way, I didn't know that. Yeah, had, had a nice little two-minute conversation with me at Comic-Con while he was signing autographs for everyone else. Uh, but, yeah, no, JP is, is fun. How did he see me? I don't feel like <laughs> <laughs> um, But, no, that, that movie is fucking, yeah, that, that movie's got a great cast to it. Uh, it it's, uh, I don't know how many times into it I had to watch it before I realized uh, that the love interest was Velma from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> and I keep trying to think of his goddamn last name, um, Nick. Um, the the one that does JP, I love you. I have a robot arm. Uh, Nick Swardson. Yes, Nick Swardson. I fucking love Nick. I love Nick Swardson in anything he does. I fucking love him in Reno 911 as Terry oh. Nail Prostitute. <laughs> Um, but no, grandma, grandma's boy is amazing. Uh, I worked in the theater when it came out, saw it nice. in the th- saw it in the theater multiple times cause I loved it. Um, and yeah, it's super funny. And, and once again, uh, like kind of an introduction, uh, it's either that or accepted. Don't ask me to go look it up. Um, uh, of, of Jonah Hill, but yeah, I love grandma's boy. It's great. Anything else that you would uh, you'd like to add to it, good sir? Uh, no. Again, like this movie instantly fell into the category where you know if it's on, I'm watching all the way through. Absolutely. 
That's uh, why I got to avoid it now. <laughs> so so you, you mentioned a film that if it's on, you're absolutely watching it all the way through. This is my number five film. If I'm catching it at any point, I know I'm sitting down and watching it. It's a film that I, uh, when I, I believe was a limited release uh, when it was initially released to the theaters. I was fortunate enough. Uh, most of these films, let me look at this really quick. Uh, with the exception of Mission Impossible and Chasing Amy, uh, I have seen all of these movies in the theater. Uh, and I remember walking in not knowing what to expect, wanting to love it, and walking out loving it. And that is waiting. Ah, yes. 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 That that was probably pretty close on to make my list too. Um, yeah, it's I, I mean, I've never really worked in the restaurant industry, but I love this movie. Like the the antics in it, the the camaraderie in it, like I've been with friends that act this way and, and do these things. <laughs> Um, and, and yeah, I, I, waiting, waiting is, is a great, is a great thing. And it unfortunately introduced, uh, the ball showing game, uh, to me and my <laughs> friends for like, for like a solid five years. <laughs> that sounds about like right. A, like a solid five years. I, I don't know who gets credit for writing that and directing that, but watching that now, I'm like, wow, okay, this is literally just someone taking their experiences and putting it to celluloid. I'm like, that's yeah, what I love about it the most. Like, someone's like, okay, like, I can take all this shit I've had to endure working this job, and I can make it work for me now, and that happens. Yeah, you you, you know, you work long enough in the industry. Uh, I really feel that if I got, like, two friends together that worked at the movie theaters for as long as, you know, I did, um, like, I'd love, I'd love to make kind of like a Clerks-esque film, but just at a movie theater. And that's essentially what Waiting does. It's a clerk-esque yeah. film that takes place in, in, in you know, shenanigans. Yep. <laughs> like, I forget what restaurant they call it, but it's essentially working in shenanigans. And I'm not sure if you know, but you know they made a sequel. Yeah, uh, still waiting, correct? Still waiting. Yeah, it's not that good. Not that yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, because all the big-name stars, you know, Ryan Reynolds, Anna Ferris, you know, Justin Long, they're all gone. So, I mean, you know, that's pretty Justin, much your heart and soul right there. Just, Justin Long does make a five-minute cameo at the end of the film. Spoiler. Oh, wow, shit. He, he reappears as his character from, uh, from Waiting, but now he is a corporate sellout. No. Yeah, it comes in, comes in as a full corporate head, head, head of the chain, uh, basically just tapping around on his cell phone the whole time. Um, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's what I remember. Uh, but ju- yeah, Justin Long, as far as I know, Justin Long is there for like five minutes and there's a couple like side characters. I think they might've gotten Andy Milikanakis to come, well, yeah, to that, come back. That's not hard. Cause what's Andy Milikanakis doing? Andy, if you're listening to the show, I'd love to have you on this guest. Um, <laughs> I, I absolutely loved waiting though. Uh, I, I walked out of it just loving it, wanting to watch it again. Uh, I only saw it once in the theater, but as soon as it came out on the DVD, uh, I bought it. I scooped it up as soon as it was possible. Uh, but that's my number five. With that, we come to number four. What do you have for number four, good sir? Number four for me is the comedy, the Andy Samberg film Hot Rod. And what more can you say than 
we finally had the question answered. Who would win in a fight between a taco and a grilled cheese sandwich? It's a taco, and it's racist. So, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this the, the last time we spoke. Um, uh, very few films have I ever walked out of in my life, uh, one of them being Andy Sandberg's Hot Rod. Uh, I went with a group of friends. I was outvoted uh, for the film I wanted to see for the film. They wanted to see Hot Rod 1. Uh, I made it all the way until the fight montage in the forest, (laughs) which I think is about 20 minutes. And I remember leaning forward. I was on the end of the, the row with my friends. And I remember leaning forward, looking at all of them and saying, not loud, but loud enough that other people around us could hear. I went, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to go watch Sunshine. And I went, and I went, and they all followed me. None of them stayed in Hot Rod. And we all switched out to Sunshine, which is Chris Evans and Killian Murphy. And it's some space movie that I've seen once when it was in the theater and I, oh, wow. I'm, I'm pretty sure that I enjoyed it much more than I did Hot Rod. Uh, but I've had, I've had multiple people tell me uh, that I should give Hot Rod another chance, if only for the fact that I, I absolutely love pop star Never Stop, Never Stopping. Oh, boy, yeah. I mean, you know, Andy Samberg is kind of like the evolved form of Adam Sandler, which made more sense, you know, all the more sense when they made a movie together. Um, That's yeah. my boy. Yeah. Very stupid. Just, you know, like, absurd stuff like, how did this movie get made? I probably wouldn't have paid money to see it in the theater. I didn't. I saw it, you know, later on on DVD or whatever. But I just something about it just struck a chord with me. Like, okay, like, you're 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 dumb, but I get what you're doing. There, there's a certain brilliance that comes with putting out a dumb comedy like this. Sure. Like, uh, so, you know, have, the three students were smart as hell, but, you know, look what they did. Sure. Uh, have you seen MacGruber? Not all the way through. I've seen big chunks of it, but I haven't watched it from beginning to end. Okay. I also hated that. So I was going to, I was going to ask which one you felt was worse. but if, if you have not seen MacGruber all the way through that, it's fine. Uh, but hot rod, uh, what, what more do you, what more would you like to, to say about it? Uh, I mean, I know it's got a great cast. Uh, I'm sure that it definitely has uh, some super funny moments, but I don't want to hold, I don't want the whole conversation being about how I only sat through 20 minutes of it and then told my friends I'm fucking off. So. No, I mean, honestly, anything with Danny McBride in it, I'm in. Um, Isla Fisher, very underrated comedic actress. Um, they really helped bring the film up. I think without them, it probably would have been, you know, worse, if you could say that. I don't know. But, um, no Hot Rod, you know, um, what else? Has Emmy Sandberg done anything else after? What did he do after Hot Rod? I can't remember. He did. Uh, that's my boy. He did. Never stop. Never stopping. Uh, oh, that's and good. Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh yes, 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 yes. Which I haven't taken the time to watch, but I hear is super funny. But no, yeah, I mean, yeah, take me back to when that came out. I want to say 2012. I'm not sure when that came out, but yeah, I would. Uh, which one? Hot Rod? Hot Rod, yeah. Hot Rod was like 2008, maybe 2007. Yeah. But yeah, I, you definitely wouldn't have sold me on that at all. 
But, yeah. you know, just having to catch it and like, okay, this isn't like, this is dumb enough to not be bad or terrible. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I've, I've said it. I've said it enough. Uh, I'll say it again. I probably should rewatch Hot Rod. There you go. Today, today, today's not that day. I, I plan on watching <laughs> other things once I'm done off the phone with you. Um, next, next pandemic, right? Next, it's it's on the list. It's on the list. <laughs> it's not that high, but it's on the list. Uh, with that, with that, we'll come to my number four. Uh, my number four movie is a movie that when I saw the trailer that they were that they were making this film, um, I rolled my eyes. I went, "That's so." fucking stupid know that like like why are they making this movie and then it came out and i caught bits and pieces of it um as i worked in the theater and then i went and saw the whole thing and i fell in fucking love with it so much that when i found out that they were making a sequel i got excited to find out what they were going to do with the sequel even though for me the sequel did not live up to the to the expectation of the first film and it is a film where the main characters are the previously mentioned Anna Kendrick and one Justin Timberlake in Trolls. Troll. Trolls. Like the furry little 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 things that you put on your, your pencils. Trolls. Oh, the and I was thinking of the the eighties wasn't there eighties horror movie called Trolls? Yeah. Yes, and okay. the troll too. Oh no, he's going to eat him. Yeah, no, no, we're talking trolls. We're talking the okay, the cartoon, the, the animated musical. Yeah. Okay, 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 gotcha. <laughs> uh, and such such a cast: uh, Anna Kendrick, uh, Justin Timberlake, Jeffrey uh, Tembor, uh, Ron yes. Fun- Ron Funchess, uh, the oh. kid that the the kid that played uh, McLovin. Not Nick Lovin, who's a piece of garbage, but Mick Lovin. <laughs> he's he's a voice in it. Zoe Deschanel is a voice in the movie. Lots oh, wow. of lots of lots of people. And it's it's a musical. Was not expecting a musical. They gave us a musical and it's it's spectacular. Uh have yeah. you have you had the chance to, to sit down and watch Trolls yet, Mondo? Uh I I've I guess you could say I got it kind of turned off from it because I have a lot of friends who are parents who have been forced to watch that movie ad nauseum okay. so, or, you know, listen to the music ad nauseum. So, you know, for that reason, I happen to have been too quick to uh, pop it on. So, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I bought the soundtrack. I own it on CD. Like, that it, good, was, huh? <laughs> it was It was on rotation at one point. Dude, I tell you what, Trolls and Moana, like two soundtracks, that you do three movie soundtracks rotating through my car trolls moana guardians of the galaxy volume one all three of those were just in a rotation in my car at one point like yeah i yeah trolls trolls is is, oh it's so great because it's 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 songs that you know like there are some original there are some original songs in it but there's oh gwen stefani another voice in the movie sorry it just keeps coming to me um, yeah, bro. I think Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige is either in this one or she's in the sequel. I want to say she's in the sequel. Holy uh, moly! I didn't know that. Sam, Sam Rockwell is in the sequel. Oh my god, bro! You just bro, look at this. Look at the cast. Like, and it's it's an entertaining movie. I'd say if you're down for an animated movie and you don't, you know, you don't mind it, you can sit through it. You want to hear some good some good tunes. Trolls, the first one, definitely a primo pick. 
uh, which is which is why it did make you know number four for me. Uh, wow. With that, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a good it's the and I want to say no it's yeah I'm not going to say what I was going to say um it's the only um Universal actually I don't know if, if Universal made any of these other ones so uh, I'm oh I think I think Universal made Cabin in the Woods so I'm not going to say it's the only Universal picture that's on the list uh, but I will say Trolls uh, it I will say it's the only musical that's on my list that's probably the most unexpected movie on either of our list i i think <laughs> I oh you just wait game. you just wait for number one uh oh, boy. With, okay with, with with that we will come to your number three number three my last comedy kind of sort of uh super troopers now again like for me horror is like comedy vice versa like the you know good ones are kind of hard to come by in the last 15 20 years and I had never heard of the comedy troupe, Broken Lizards. I'm like, wait, you got five people in one? Like, how does that even work about, you know, Highway Patrol? Like, eh. Um, skipped it in the theater. A uh, friend of mine recommended it, and she, you know, we used to have routine movie nights in our youth, and she rented it and, you know, forced us to watch it. And, you know, what's the best aspect, what's the best thing that you can get from a comedy movie? Make it quotable as all hell. And, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, what better way that to put movie, it down? That, that, that movie that, that movie is super quotable. Exactly. Like, even to this day, like, it's still, you know, even now, it makes me laugh. So, I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Sure, sure. Uh, I, at one point, worked at Jack in the Box. Uh, and I was working drive through and I was having, uh, just like the worst day. I was in a foul mood, like things were just not going my way. And I get on my headset and I'm like, thank you for choosing Jack in the Box. This is Stephen. How may I help you? And I literally just hear, can I have a liter of cola? Oh, no. <laughs> and, and, oh, no. Yeah, Mondo. I have that moment though where I literally go, we don't have a liter of cola. We have a large. Would you like a large? And 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 I hear a chuckle, and I go, oh, I want a liter of cola. And I was like, okay, one large. What flavor? He's like, cola. And I'm like, Coke. You got it. And I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm having the worst time ever. And all of a sudden, I get the large. I have it sitting there, and I hear, yeah, I'd like my liter of cola. And I look over. I shit you not, Encinitas PD is sitting in my drive-thru. No. Two cops asking for a liter of cola. That's... And <laughs> made, made my day. I got the biggest smile on my face, and I was like, you got to be shitting me. I literally yeah. said that. I was like, you got to be <laughs> shitting me. You're asking for a liter of cola? And he just starts laughing. And he goes, he goes, he goes, a large if you have it. And I went, yeah, I have a large soda for you. <laughs> Who says police officers don't have senses of humor, eh? <laughs> right, right. Uh, no, I fucking love Super Troopers. I saw it in the theater. Loved oh. it so much. Loved it so much that I took a girl who did not and should not have seen that movie on a date. I took a girl on a date <laughs> to go see Super Troopers. Oh boy. Um, I fucking love yeah no it's it's yeah i mean it's it's a quotable film uh it's 
there's so many and and everything that that Broken Lizards has done, I'm a big fan of. So I think well, what it is too is one of the best opening scenes in any comedy movie ever. Sure, sure. But like you know, that scene you know got me anyways, and my friends hooked in and were like, okay, we're willing to give this a chance, and you know, it did not let us down at all. So yeah. Uh, have you had the chance to see Super Troopers 2? Oh, I most definitely did. I went to the theaters to see that. Real good, real good. I mean, it's essentially a carbon copy of the first one, but, you know, most sequels sure. are. Sure. Um, no, highly enjoyable, you know. I, I caught it uh, in the drive-in. It was the second part of a double feature. It was Deadpool 2 and uh, Super Troopers 2. Oh. And, and, and I'll, I'll mention it briefly because cause, – you, you'll you'll get while well, I'll touch on it and then continue. Uh, the highlight of my night uh, was I went to the bathroom and then I went to concessions. And as I turn concessions, I turn and I say aloud, Tiffany Gonzalez, did you bring Ian to see Deadpool 2? <laughs> and she and Tiff, Tiff looks at me and she starts laughing and goes, Stephen, what are you doing here? And we get a big hug and show enough. Uh, Chris and Tiff, they brought they brought little Ian to see Deadpool two and Super Troopers two, uh, and it was it was the the biggest laugh. Of course uh, they did. <laughs> and and I ended up I ended up scaring the shit out of Mark. So <laughs> that's a good day right there. That's a really that's, really good day. Yeah, and then he 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 returned the favor because he came up to my car because I had my Penske on me, and he came up to my car like halfway through Super Troopers two. I just scared the living shit out of me. But oh, it's so good. I'm gonna tell him this story tomorrow. Tomorrow's your birthday. We're we're getting together, you know, for dinner. And yeah, I'm gonna tell him that story. That's so great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that was a that was a fun one for me. So, uh, uh, but yeah, uh, Super Troopers is is a great one. Uh, I love everything that Club Dread does and everything that they have to offer. Uh, yeah, I think that was everyone's majority of people's introduction to them. Yeah, and, yeah, because uh, no, no, no one really saw Puddle Cruisers. No. <laughs> <laughs> but what were you going to say now they have? The TV show, right, about the firefighters? Uh, so that's Tacoma PD, and that is actually just Steve Lemmy and Kevin Herferman. That's just uh, Mac, Mac and Farva. Um, right. They, they had a podcast. They have not put out an episode in quite some time, but they had a podcast called Chewing It. With uh, with Kevin and Steve, I was a big fan. Uh, it's just them. They get a bunch. They had Jay on a bunch. Uh, they've had the guy that played Rabbit on a couple times. Here's a fun fact that you probably didn't know: Eric Stole Stolhanskin or whatever the guy that plays Rabbit, yeah, has a fake leg. No shit. No shit from the knee below. He's had it since he was a young kid. Wow! Surprised they haven't made use of that yet. I don't think. Right. And the funny thing is, is they said that that in college, because they all met in college, they used to, to, they were all in a fraternity, and when they'd be doing pledge week, he'd freak out the the pledges, because he'd be sitting there with his knee, with his leg on his knee, and it'd be his fake leg, and he'd be like, how committed are you boys to this fraternity? And they'd all be sitting around smoking cigars, and uh, and they'd be all like, pledge, pledge, and he'd be like, are you this pledge to the fraternity? And then he put the cigar out through his leg on, like through his through through his jeans. But he put it he put it out on his fake leg, and he'd be like, "Are you this committed to the fraternity?" 
but not telling them it's a fake leg. Like that's outstanding. Yeah, uh, I'm not a big. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not a big fan of rabbit. I have friends that have met all of them in real life, uh, and of all of them, I've heard that he is the biggest dick. <laughs> um, my favorite, my favorite of all the broken lizards is Mac. Uh, it probably, it probably literally goes Steve Lemmy, Kevin, Her- Kevin Herfelman, uh Jay Kandashekar, Paul Soder, and then Eric. What's his nut? <laughs> but yeah, no, I love, I love, I love broken lizards. I love Super Troopers. Uh, I don't know how many times I've looked at someone and asked them if I, if they want a mustache ride. <laughs> um, or I don't know how many times someone has asked in a room, because this has happened in the, you know, in the back where someone asks who wants a mustache ride and I'll start going, I do, I do, I want one, I want one. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, Super Troopers is, is absolutely amazing and a, a great film. Uh, anything else that you'd like to add before we move on to my number three? No, I think we're good. That about covers that. I, you know, it's, Again, like nothing better than a, a, a comedy that actually surprises you with how funny it really is when you didn't give it a chance. Sure, absolutely. Uh, and with that comes comes my number three, which is a, a film that was once again limited release in the theaters. I was very fortunate enough to catch it when it was uh, released. Uh, it is a film that not a lot of people know about. It's got uh, a great cast. It was, I'd say, one of the comeback films of Macaulay Culkin. Uh, it stars the daughter of Sandra, I uh, just forgot her fucking name. Um, it's saved. Um, uh, Dan, I just, Sarandon, Susan Sarandon. Okay, it's okay. Her, it's her daughter. Uh, Mandy, oh. Moore, Mandy Moore is in it. Uh, Mary Louise Parker is in it. Saved uh, is the film. It's, it's a film oh. uh, about okay. religion, something I'm yeah. not the biggest fan of. <laughs> um, but but it's super it's super funny. Macaulay Culkin plays a paraplegic in it, um, which is which yeah, I don't want to sound like an asshole, but super funny. Um, him as a paraplegic, uh, and it's about a, a a girl who is a Christian and loves Jesus, and uh, how she gets pregnant at like fifteen, um, and all the fun things. Mandy Moore plays like a hardcore like Christian Jesus loving girl. Yeah, she's a goody good girl. Yeah, yeah. Her brother is Macaulay Culkin. Like I you have you seen it? I've I've heard of it. Uh I didn't know Macaulay was in it, but I, I've heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah, I've seen and heard it's really funny. Yeah, it's it's uh I I I love it. I once again caught it in the theater. I think it's super funny. Um yeah, if you get a chance to see it, I wanna say it's on one of the streaming platforms, but just saved. Uh, it might be saved with an exclamation point. Um, right, yeah. But it's a film that I walked into with no expectations, not knowing uh, what I was walking into. Uh, me and my two buddies that worked at AMC Theater uh, were, were looking to do something, you know, for a day. And, and one of our buddies, Rob Marshall, uh, not that you know him, you don't know him, um, was like, hey, let's go check out this fucking movie. And me and my buddy Drew, someone also you do not know, former guest of the show though, uh, and uh, we were like, yeah, let's go fucking watch it. And it was a great, it was a great film. It, uh, I, you know, crying, laughing. If a film, it's 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 kind of easy to do, but if a film can get me to the point where I am in tears and my side is hurting from laughing so much, like that's gonna be a film that stands out for me. And I'm definitely gonna go out of the way to tell people to watch it. And that's one of them. Saved. Outstanding. 
Uh, and that's, uh, that for the, for me is my number three. Uh, I don't have much else to say about it. I'd say that if you get the chance, Mondo, uh, definitely check it out. I think it's a super funny film. Uh, but with that, we, we, we come to, uh, our, our closing lanes here. What's your, what's your number two? Number two is a romantic comedy. And me being me, I'm not really into romantic comedies, obviously. I think of all movies, they're probably the most unbelievable. But uh, this one I was made to watch with my roommate at the time. She insisted, and I was in a position to tell her no. And it's Love Actually. That's and a great movie. It really is. I, I consider it the pulp fiction of romantic comedies, just the way <laughs> The way it's formatted, how every well, every character's story is intertwined with one another, um, yeah, it's just in, incredibly well written and directed. Huge ensemble cast, huge talented cast, cast. Oh, and um, you know it, it's not overtly mushy at all for for a rom com, um, even a British rom com at that. Um, there's a lot of funny, you know, real, actual, real life situations, and you know, it, it just really, it, it just hooked me somehow. Like I would have never thought to sit down and watch this movie, given this movie a chance at all. But once I did watch it, completely hooked. And again, this movie falls into that list of if it's on TV, I'm going to watch it all the way through. I will be late to whatever appointment or gathering I have to get to because I'm going to watch this movie to the end. So, love actually. Have you seen it? I fuck, dude. I saw this movie probably like seven times in the theaters. <laughs> oh my god! Get out of here. <laughs> this this movie. Okay, so this movie came out in two thousand three, uh, the year that I got a job at the first movie theater I ever worked at. Uh, and uh, not to get not to get too personal, it was also the year my mom passed away from cancer. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said. Um, one of the characters in the film uh, had recently lost his wife to cancer. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's like one of the, the few films that I, I really like could connect with and still be able to laugh, but also cry and, yes. and being able to do it in a way where, where I felt safe. I didn't feel like a fool for just bubbling, like in, for babbling, like, you know, just for crying like an idiot. Um, and and the film delivered on so many like it, it was a very therapeutic like I think it's really funny that that you you just you you bring up the, like this movie uh, because it, it was such a therapeutic film for me in getting through the the loss of a loved one you know you you have in the film you have the son who's dealing who's much younger I was I was twenty when my mom passed away. And in the film, the kid, the kid is, you know, like six, seven, like he's in elementary school, like middle school. Yeah. Uh, but it's still the things he goes through, like I was going through, like I, I understood and I, I could relate. I could relate to him. I could relate to Liam Neeson. Um, and, and the, the cast alone, like I pulled up the IMDb page just to bring up the cast. Cause you mentioned like the cast. So here are the names that I'm going to reckon, re- mention that everyone that is a fan of the show, like, you should recognize these names. You've got Bill Nye, you've got Colin Firth, Liam Neeson, Emma Thompson, Martin Freeman, 
she she Wetley Edgefor, who is Modor from Captain Right, yeah, uh, or from Doctor Strange. Strange. Uh, Andrew Lincoln, fucking fucking Grimes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Kira Knightley, Hugh Grant. Like it just keep Laura Linney. Like I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. You know what it gave me? Like this movie, uh, if anything, like it it gave me Laura Linney. Topless, oh. right? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, 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 I'm not gonna lie. Like, I had a little bit of a thing, you know, for for Doctor <laughs> Ellie Sattler, and a little movie, a little movie called Jurassic Park. <laughs> no, I mean, that, like what you said, like you found a character in a situation you could relate oh, to. This, I'm sorry. This movie... I'm sorry. No, okay. I, I'm remiss. I, I'm sorry. I'm remiss. She was not from Jurassic Park. That is a completely different actress. She was in Congo. She played Dr. Yeah. Karen Ross in Congo, which That's is it, the yeah. film, <laughs> which which was the film uh, in which I, I did uh, I get a little bit of a crush on her, and it, you know it did it did deliver on that. Uh, and now it's driving me up a wall on who was in Jurassic Park. So what were you gonna say? That was um. Now you just made me forget who that was. Laura Linney. Um, no, uh, Jurassic Park. Laura Dern. Laura Dern. I just looked, yeah, Laura Dern. Yeah. Uh, but no, um, there is a character, and it's, there's so many different characters and scenarios. You, anyone, everyone and everyone can relate to someone in this movie. Sure. Like, you know, having lost someone, you know. Being in love and not being able to tell them. My favorite story, I'm, so, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you again. I, I'll say this and then I'll let you say your piece. My favorite story of all of them is Colin Firth as the writer falling in yeah. love with, with his assistant who speaks no English. Like, she just speaks Italian or, or Spanish. I forget which. They're very interchangeable. Um, uh, and, and, yeah, so sorry. But, yeah, stories that everyone can relate to, please keep going. <laughs> yeah, everyone can relate to. Everyone's probably been in one of those scenarios somehow, some way. So, I mean, you know, you, you can't not watch this movie and see something and be touched by it. Holy fuck. I think there's one name... That I have to I have to pull this back up because I know that there's one actor, but I don't even know if I just mentioned him. Hold on here. My goodness. What, Alan how Rickman. Far, yeah, I was gonna say I did I did I even mention Alan Rickman? Like how far down on the list is he? Yeah, fuck. <laughs> Alan Rickman is so far down on that list. Oh my god. Like yeah, yeah. no that that film that film is is Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton. That's right. He's, he's the president. <laughs> he plays the U.S. president. Yeah, bro. Like, I love, love, actually. I loved the movie so much that that the, after the first time I saw it, I went to my Aunt Susan, uh, who is my mother's sister, and I, I was like, you've got to come see this movie. Like, that's one of those movies, like, for you with Cabin in the Woods, as it sounds. Like that's like like I I I went out of my way to go to friends and go to family and be like yeah. you you've got to watch this movie like this movie is amazing yeah I fucking love actually I, I love love actually yeah one hundred percent yeah last last December they um, you know movie theaters like to put out old movies you know and um, I'd never seen it on the big screen and they showed it last Christmas but I didn't get to see it so that's that's on my list of movies I have to see on the big screen. So. Oh, they're, they're, if I ever do a midnight series, I'll, I'll let you know. Uh, the one thing I will say is they ended up doing, uh, I think it was like last year, it was within like the last two years, 
uh, they were doing uh, a bunch of, of like, you know, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but they essentially did like a where are they now of the actual characters of the movie. Um, oh. And the only one that they the only one that they didn't touch base on uh, was Emma Thompson, because hmm. because because Alan Rickman. It was within like a year or two of Alan Rickman's uh, passing, okay. so they 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 touched base on everyone in the film except for Emma Thompson and Alan Rickman, merely because they didn't they didn't want to try and rewrite something. They, yeah. they didn't you know they were just being respectful of Rickman in his own right, which I, I really loved and 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 respected. But no, I, 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 once again, I could, I could keep, keep continuing to, and continuing to talk about love actually. Uh, but no, it's a great, it's a great solid number two for you. Is there anything else that you'd like to add before we move on to? Uh, oh, no, no, no. We, oh, no, we can go on. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I don't know what, what much we're going to say uh, about my number two. Once again, I told you that there was one movie uh, that we matched up on on the list. My number two, a movie I walked in with no expectations, and I absolutely love it. And every time I pass it on Hulu, I'm like, should I watch it, or should I watch two, or should I watch two more episodes of Hell's Kitchen? I'm talking about Cabin in the Woods. I fucking oh. love this movie. It's my it's my number two. Uh, I absolutely love it. Um, it. So many great great things. I mean that we've already talked about. Uh, all of the scenes in the bunker downstairs are just gold. They're comedy. Like there's not a single scene down down in the bunker that I'm not laughing at. Even from the very opening scene when they're just bickering, like they're bickering about just basic bullshit stuff. When they're gonna go like do this whole thing of of just killing people for for the sacrifice for the greater good. Oh no, like no, yeah, just how. The group organizing that, like they're just going about it so nonchalantly, like it's a job. It's, it's just another day of the office, and then they gotta, you know, kill these kids. Like that's some of the funniest interactions. Like the, um, uh, what is it? The uh, the conference call with uh, Mordecai. <laughs> oh. Am I on speakerphone? <laughs> yeah, no. that didn't. Mean... No, I fucking love Bradley Whitford in this film. I, I, so, so this goes back, this goes back to a previous, previous topic of what you were talking about. Um, you, you see an actor in a film and, and you love it and you will always remember them for that film. Um, as much as I love Bradley Whitford, uh, Billy Madison will always be the number one movie I go to for him. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, and, and with that, like a little bit of that character transfer transfers over with him into this film. Every dude, everything he does is so great. Like one of my favorite Bradley Whitford lines ever. I I would have voted for Obama a third time if, if I could have. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I forget how how actual scary he is in that movie. God, dude. Oh fuck, dude. No, that mm, that move. That's a completely different podcast. But yeah. um, Cabin in the Woods, so so good. Just everything about it to the stoner. To the slutty girlfriend that makes out with a wolf, to the to the 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 guy being nice enough to be like, stop, this is a double sided mirror, let's switch. Oh God! <laughs> like, uh, just Definitely. so yeah, so many great things about about Cabin in the Woods. Uh, that that yeah, I mean, what more what more can you say? Every everything is great. 
Um, and, and I just keep thinking more and more, you know, like the fucking stoner. He's like, are you talking about the war where brothers fought brothers? <laughs> blue, <laughs> blue and gray. Are you sassing me, boy? Well, you were rude to my friend. Like, I, yeah, the more, the more and more I think about it, I might just watch that tonight. I might just look at the wife and be like, hey, you want to watch Cabin in the Woods? Um, but yeah, yeah, I fucking, yeah. Cabin in the Woods. It's my, it's my number two only to be, only to be outdone, uh, by one of my favorite films ever with my number one. But with that being said, we, we do, we do come to the end of the trail with your number one movie that you thought was going to suck and ended up loving. And I know a lot of people thought it was going to suck. Uh, it was, uh, a, a bit of a focal point for an episode of South Park, and that is 2011's X-Men First Class. Nice. Now, you go back to that time frame. You, you go, you think 2007, X-Men 3? Four. In my opinion. Yes, thank you, thank you. Just stinker, just... And then it's my, it's in, my least favorite. It's my least favorite of all the X-Men films is X-Men 3. And then you fast forward two years later, 2009, how the rails came completely off for X-Men Origins Wolverine. Sure. I mean, two you, two movies in a row, same franchise, just completely just, I mean, wow. And I was done. I'm like, okay, we don't need to make X-Men movies anymore because it's clear that Fox doesn't know what they're doing. Like, you you stitched up Deadpool's mouth and wouldn't let him talk. Like, what? And you give everyone else the powers? What are you doing? Like... I'm the juggernaut bitch, like let's 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 walk away from this. Put this baby to bed. And they announced a you know I guess you call it a reboots or you know, the prequels if you want to call them. You know, just starting over from scratch where you know how I guess the origin story of the X Men group itself was first class. Sure. And see this is the thing about being a comic book fan, which I am, I'm you know, since I was a baby, you know, my dad collected comics. I grew up with comics. So I am obligated to go see every comic book movie that comes out. And I have. So I'm like, okay. Like, I was thinking walking into that movie was X-Men 3 was bad. Wolverine was bad. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I can't, I can't fathomably give this much hope at all. Like, let's just see what they do. And... Granted, with every other film that followed it, they kind of screwed the pooch with the continuity, but this was just, I mean, yeah, mind blown. Just, I didn't think, like, wow, I didn't think you could make a good X-Men movie anymore because it seemed like they forgot how. (laughs) Right? Um, A lot of that credit goes to the cast, you know, Michael Fassbender, James McCovey, Jennifer Lawrence, all, you know, at their peak Fucking Kevin oh. Bacon. Kevin, thank you. How can I forget Kevin Bacon as Sebastian Shaw, one of the best castings for a comic book character there has ever been. Um, you had a almost true to life White Queen. I never thought I'd see the White Queen in a movie, and there she was. Oh yeah. Um, just great storyline, great execution. Um, one of the greatest cameos by a character ever with Wolverine's appearance in it. Sure. Um, God, just just I I, I came out of that movie relieved. I'm like, okay, like we can keep doing these now because now we know what we're doing. So yeah. Yeah. Um, and one of my, one of my favorite characters 
uh, in the film Asriel. Oh yes. Yeah, uh, which for those for those of you that are listening that don't know, uh, Asriel is the father of Nightcrawler. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's great. I want to say I forget I forget the name of the actor who played him, uh, but he's been in a bunch of stuff. So many so many great characters uh, introductions. Uh, unfortunately, like like the one off I forget his name, but the 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 kid that essentially dies. Oh yeah 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 yeah. You know, like like people that I would have loved to have seen uh, in future films, uh, but what they gave us was great, was mind blowing, uh, and it definitely was was I think something that people were not expecting uh, to come I mean, out of had, the X Men franchise. They had Moria McTaggart, you know, played by Rose Byrne, played beautifully by Rose Byrne. Yeah, like, I I don't think they would think to put that character in the movies, and there she is. And they gave us they gave us uh, some great and some some not so great. Uh, sequels. Yeah, <laughs> I really, I really dug um, uh, Days of Future's Past. I thought it was very well done. Um, I agree. Uh, but no, first, first class uh, is a great is a great reimaging, retelling uh, of the origins of uh, you know Doctor of Professor X and Magneto. Yeah, and you know, how, I mean, I'm sure there's, I know there's been different ways of how. Professor X ended up in the chair and everything like that, but I think you know the ending. This movie is a really good explanation for it. You know how they came together, the, you know, what caused the rift between them. Uh, it just really setting the tone. To, again, the continuity got kind of messy as we went on. You know, as people were like, okay, are we going to connect these movies to the first trilogy that came out? And if they tried to awkwardly. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, th- this got everything back on track as far as the X-Men movies sure. were concerned. And, and the great... No, go and, ahead. Yeah, and it's looked like we're going to get the opportunity to do that again now that they're under the uh, MCU umbrella, so... Absolutely, and hopefully we get to see a nice little crossover. Uh, I was going to say uh, the great thing uh, with the new series that they brought about with the reimagining uh, is they did kind of do a course correction from X-Men 3, Days of Fe- uh, X-Men Days of Futures Past, uh, the movie does end uh, with Scott, uh, played by James Marsden, alive. Kelsey Grammer yeah. is back as Beast, therefore signifying that it is it is the universe of yeah. X-Men 3 Last Stand. And yeah. it's, that, it's that nice course correction that gives us a, a little bit of the more hor- heartwarming finish uh, that we wish we had gotten from X-Men 3. Indeed. And, you know, again, the solid, solid performances from everyone around. Especially, you know, showing just how hard of a, of a character Magneto is, you know, with the way he killed Sebastian Shaw. Spoiler, uh, just brutal, brutal. Loved it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but it was it was a, a form a form fitting for his end. Uh, I love I love your number one pick. I think it's great, uh, and it's it's a solid film that if people haven't seen, they should definitely go check out. Indeed, uh, get yourself caught up in all the X Men movies before everything changes again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, with that, though, we come we come to my number one film. And looking at my list, I realize that we're going to have to re-record everything uh, just so I can switch my nine and my ten. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I realized that if I had switched them, it would have been a very a very form-fitting. The moment you re- that you that you said that we should do a list of movies that we walked into that we thought were going to suck, and we we ended up loving. Um, which which was the original idea, and then I, I threw my spin on of movies 
that we, we walked in with no expectations, only because I don't go to a lot of movies that I think are going to suck. But this movie, um, I was dragged to by my two cousins. Uh, I did not want to see this movie. I thought it was going to suck. I thought it was going to be just just horrible. I had no desire to see it. It is my favorite Disney film. I say that we need to 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 redo the order so I can start my list with David Spade and Joe Dirt and then end my list with David Spade in Disney's Emperor's New Oh, Life. wow. <laughs> no, that, that, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with that sense. Like, I only saw that movie once, and it didn't, uh, you know, I, I, I was kind of, like, distracted while watching it. Couldn't really, you know, put my full attention to it. But, um, yeah, that's one that definitely kind of falls through the cracks when it comes to, you know, Disney animated things. It is, it is, I will say, because I've heard it from multiple people, it is the black sheep of the Disney animated movies. You can yeah. go to you can go to Disneyland and you can find a character for just about every movie. You name a Disney animated feature and they got they got someone for it. They got the the fucking princess and the frog. They got the stupid fucking alligator that plays a trumpet. They got him. They got they got the princess for that. They got the bad guy for that. You could take any Disney. I'm sure they got bullshit for Tarzan. They got Rosie O'Donnell's stupid fucking monkey as a, a character walking around. You cannot find a single character for Emperor's New Groove. They got no Cusco. They got no Yzma. I think at one point they had a, a guy that was walking around, like an actual dude, not a dude in a suit, but a dude that, that like looked like Kronk. Which is which is where I learned to do my Patrick Warburton impersonation because when I worked at Target, me and my buddy Mikey found that you could watch Emperor's New Groove like five and a half times in a shift if you like play it and then stop it right at the credits and rewind it and then replay it. And we would watch Emperor's New Groove all day long. All That's we would hilarious. do all we would do in electronics at Target was play Emperor's New Groove. We didn't play we didn't play anything else. There was a video that we were supposed to play, like the TVN, <laughs> the Target Video Network. And whenever we were in there, we were like, nah, 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 Emperor's New Groove. Emperor's New Groove, Emperor's New Groove, Emperor's New Groove. Uh, because I, I saw it in the theater. When, like I said, my cousins dragged me to it. I did not want to see it. I had no desire to see it. I fucking loved it. It is my favorite Disney animated feature. Um, and and Cusco 100% falls under uh, Disney Princess because because <laughs> yeah. because you you look at the rules of of Wreck It Ralph two uh, uh, life's life's been you know life's been uh, an attempt on the life uh, always waiting on a big brooding man to help him can talk to animals uh, all this all this bullshit like Cusco is a Disney Princess no if you ever get the chance Mondo hit down like take the time watch emperor's new groove it is such an underrated comedy and, well, yeah, and I, mean, I fucking i fucking love it it won't i won't have to go far i have disney plus so i have it right at my fingertips anytime oh, so. perfect perfect no i i love it i love it so much uh it, and and the cast is great uh david slate david spade plays Cusco. john goodman plays pacha ursa kit plays yzma Patrick, oh, wow. Warbur- 
Patrick Warburton plays Kronk. Uh, if you don't know who Patrick Warburton is, he's Joe Swanson from Family Guy. Oh, yeah, no, I, yeah, I know. Yeah, huh. and I, I watched that movie so much that I learned, yeah, right, sure. Yzma, <laughs> put your hands in the air. Like, I really, really, I, I honed it from Family Guy. The word that always gets me anew is Peter. Peter. I need the lawnmower. The boy's going to do the backyard. But, like, yeah, Emperor's New Groove is, is like, I fucking, I, I, that's a movie that I could, I could just, like, I, I would just watch a full movie, take notes, and then fucking sit with someone and talk about it for fucking two hours. And I could easily do that with Emperor's New Groove. But that, that is uh, my list. Let's go over them one more time, just for the fans. Uh, you started us off with Insidious, mm-hmm. Stop Pilgrim versus the World, Raising Arizona, Final Destination 2, The Cabin in the Woods, Grandma's Boy, Hot Rod, Super Troopers, Love Actually, and X-Men First Class. The good one. And I gave us Chasing Amy, Joe Dirt, Daredevil, War Dogs, Mission Impossible, Waiting, Trolls, Saved, The Cabin in the Woods, and The Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> Man, we just write every genre covered, I think. I think I think so. That was that was a lot of fun. Uh Mondo, thank you for coming on. Uh and with that we, we do reach the end. Uh where where are you online? I know you gave the plugs last time, but let's do them again, which I'll throw in anyways. But where can people find you online? Uh despite everything I haven't added any new social media, which is probably a blessing. Uh you can still only find me on Facebook and Twitter. Facebook it's Mondo Vega Prez and Twitter it's at Mondo Vegaga. Yay. Awesome. Mondo, thank you so much for coming on the show today. No, always a pleasure and looking forward to doing it again. Anytime, any list, we'll, I'll, I'll keep pitching new ideas and we can keep doing this again. I love it. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, that has been another episode of the last podcast you want. And until next week, tip the veal, try the staff. And I'll see you then. <laughs> Coming to see our show. Sad to tell you we got to go. Grab your hat and head for the door. In case you didn't notice very anymore. If you like our show, tell everyone but. If you think it's great, keep your big mouth shut.